the number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, Autobotulinum Toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Hello, listeners. This is Brooke. Before we get into the regular episode, I just wanted to uh, make a little announcement. We had announced that we were going to be releasing the And Just Like That episodes every Thursday, but then we had a change of heart because the episode comes out on Thursday. Yes. And that means we would always be a week behind. And, and that's old news. That's old news. We're on to the next episode. <laughs> we can't do that. So we've decided to change it and release the episode on Monday. So the show comes out on Thursday. So you have the whole weekend to watch it. Mm -hmm. And then Monday morning, here it is. Hop on and see what we had to say about the latest episode. So um, just ignore what we say at the end of this episode (laughs) about Thursdays. And look for this podcast every Monday. Yeah, so enjoy. This is our coverage of And Just Like That, Season 2, Episodes 1 and 2. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Hello, and welcome back to the Psych Legal Pop Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about popular culture through the lens of an attorney and a therapist. I'm the therapist, Tess Brigham. And I'm the attorney, Brooke Brigham. All right. So we are back with And Just Like That, Season 2. We are covering Episodes 1 and 2. Two because that's what was released. Um, or I should probably be saying saying to you all, Che Pasa. <laughs> che Pasa, everyone. Which, uh, gosh, that's quite a name for a sitcom. Che Pasa. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, let's just hear first thoughts. First thoughts. First thoughts, first thoughts on the new two first episodes of the new season. Uh, highly anticipated yes. for everyone. Highly Absolutely. Anticipated, at least for us. Yes. Um, in our world. I think it seems like it's better than last season. Yes. Although there are still some issues. Um, still some cringiness there. And I think a lot of it has to do, and we're going to talk about this towards the end of the podcast. Mm -hmm. I think the writing and who's writing these scripts is still problematic. Yes. Um, But I do think I liked it better. And I think that it it seemed more like, okay, maybe we're getting back into, you know, some more fun. I mean, but but to be fair, I mean, last season was very, it started out very heavy, obviously, with uh, Big's death. And then that, you know, went on. You know, Carrie was basically grieving his death for that ho- the whole season. So mm-hmm. she wasn't a lot of fun, you know. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, this obviously, and they, they talk about this because we, we both listened to um, 
There is an HBO podcast companion mm-hmm. called The Writer's Room that is hosted by Michael Patrick King, who is the executive producer and head writer of the mm-hmm. show. And um, the two women that have been writing the show with him, what is it, Elisa? Elisa Zer. Zeritsky and Julie Rottenberg. So, um, and they host the show, and then they'll bring on one, whomever the right the the staff writer is who's written that episode um, on the show to talk about you know what was going on. And so they very much address that, which is that they needed to be lighter. And the way they opened the show was everyone having sex, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Like they wanted to show that this was going to be um, a different season, a newer season, a lot more sex. The the one thing is that hit me and I, and I had those same feelings that you did, which is this is a lot lighter. This is better. We're having a lot more fun. Yeah. We're having a lot more fun with the fashions. We're having a lot more fun with this part, but I think they've, I feel like, and the writers aren't addressing this. I feel like they've painted themselves in a little bit of a pickle, which is this is we now have, yes, we've lost Samantha, but we now have, in addition to Carrie, Charlotte, and Miranda, we now have Che, Naya, LTW, and Seema. Mm-hmm. Four amazing characters, four amazing women with interesting lives. And so now we have seven people we have to follow. Mm-hmm. And yes, the show, each episode was, what, 45 minutes-ish? But this was, if you watch Ted Lasso, this was a Ted Lasso problem, too. And if you watch season three, season three really bothered me of Ted Lasso because... They they introduced too many characters. Mm-hmm. And so that was the problem with Ted Lasso. And this is the problem they're having now, which is, and I can see it very clearly, which is you've got way too many characters right. and too many people to follow. And some storylines are really big and heavy. And some storylines are very light and stupid. And I feel like we're spending a lot of time on the light, stupid ones. And we're not spending so much time on the heavy ones. And I do understand maybe why you want to spend some time on the light ones. But then that's really making the heavy ones seem really like you're tossing them aside and you know then why put that heavy one in here if you're going to spend all this time with this light one you know what i mean and 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 all and and when you think about it you think well i i do kind of want to see what's going to happen with these other four people i do want to see what's going to happen with these four characters but i it's a lot like keeping up with seven storylines. So what happens is we get these very quick clips and I, and I think we're going to get into a pickle. It's not moving fast enough. Like with the ancillary characters, like Naya. Yeah. Cause they don't get like, she doesn't get as much screen time as the others. And so her story is just kind of moving along at a snail's pace. And, and also they need to integrate these people more together because with the, the core four Mm -hmm. from the first series, they were, always together mm-hmm. and so that you you know you're not having all these yeah. separate things whereas here you know yeah we haven't integrated like Seema in with everybody else she's still just like Carrie's friend yeah and Naya's or Naya Miranda's friend and Miranda's not even in New York so that's yeah. a bit of the problem well and that's the other thing too is you realize when Charlotte shows up to Carrie's house uh, and she sees the podcast producer Mm -hmm. and they're walking along and she's like trying to be Samantha and she's trying to be Miranda that you realize like oh she's the only one there yeah like yeah she can't she has to be because the other two aren't there oh and they also have Anthony 
He's like yeah. the big character too. Yeah. So well, that's now eight people. Well, they have Anthony, and don't forget they have the husbands of all these people. Yeah. And and we've got you know it's 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 just a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's a tremendous amount, and the children. Don't forget the children. Oh, yeah. oh, we got the children the of the people. We got their yeah. issues and all of that. So these are a lot of so even if you're making these episodes 45 minutes to try to squeeze everything in other storylines are getting um you know just the short tail end of things and the charlotte stuff is the stuff that's super boring honestly like the charlotte stuff like really we're we're gonna run after and you know yell at this woman about this chanel dress yeah and this is this is it when there's all this more interesting things and i understand yes she's one of the main characters and we want to follow her but and i understand the purpose of her storyline about letting things go and seeing your daughter growing up i, like, I get the story but Try to see this in the context of this entire, like, take a step back, Michael Patrick King. <laughs> Look at it in the context of this entire story that you're mm-hmm. telling. Like, how how interested are people going to be? Yeah, that was that, that was boring. That yeah. went on too long. But but there are some other things that I I thought I think the Wexleys are extremely interesting. Yes, yeah. Um, they've kind of they s- stood out for me. Um, but then we're not. But did we see? But we're seeing her. Yeah, that's the problem, though. We're seeing her with Charlotte, but we're not seeing... We saw one lunch, right, with Seema and Carrie and Charlotte and Anthony. Mm-hmm. But that's it. We're not seeing... That's the, Yeah, and that's what made Sex in the City work, right? Which is they, they did have these individual lives and they had these right. experiences and come they come together. together and then they have these experiences and come together. And because there's so many of them and obviously Samantha's not there and Miranda's across the country it's like it's hard yeah yeah no it is it's a lot it's a it's a lot to juggle and a lot happened um I also noticed that Carrie her character she seems much more chill Mm -hmm. you know because she was a little more you know in the first series a little more you know her energy was different Mm -hmm. and it kind of feels like you know I don't know, you know, she's been through a lot and she's kind of like, oh, you know, what does it matter? You know, telling Charlotte, you know, this isn't that serious. You know, you need to let this go. And so I kind of like chill Carrie. Yeah. Well, I think that's more appropriate. And I think that one of the women, I feel like I should have written this down, but one of the women, when I was listening to the podcast, I was in, was like in bed listening to it. So one of the, one of the, either Julia or Elisa, one of the, producers writers said this about women and you know how you are in your 20s and 30s Mm. versus how you are in your 50s that that there's something about because you've been through a lot of pain by the time you get to your 50s that there is this joyousness oh yeah you you don't you don't have any more fucks to give yeah And, uh, and it's true they say and and i will say that 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 is that this is sort of what we're seeing and i think that 
seeing Charlotte react the way she is, that's, I think maybe that's what you're, I'm bothered by because mm-hmm. it does feel silly. It does feel ridiculous right. because I kind of feel like a woman of Charlotte's age who's, you're on your second marriage, you know, you, you went through all of this, you, you learned a big lesson, you found this second husband, you've been through, you know, you wanted to have a child desperately and then you finally had a child on your own. Like, you've been through so much on your own. Like, really? You're giving fucks about this now? Like, I don't know. It just felt forced and fake. Yeah. You know? Well, I think it's to set up the arc of her her character this season, which from the previews seems to be that she does have this realization that, you know what? I am a person. I have a life. Yeah. You know, because she's just given over her life to her family and her kids. And now her kids are older and and she's like, wait a minute, you know, what about me? And she sort of has this thing about, you know, getting back to herself. And yeah. So I think maybe that's how they were setting that up. But um, yeah, because we don't know where these storylines are going. Yeah. So um, maybe we'll look back and be like, oh, well, OK, well, that's why she was so crazy <laughs> in the first, <laughs> the in the first, first episode. Yeah. So. Okay, so how should we do this? Yeah. So it's... Let's talk about each... Let's talk about each of the characters and sort of what they're going through. Okay, so episode one is called Met Cute because they are uh, going to... Well, the people in New York are all going to the... Um, Met Ball. Met Ball. But they're... they're Yeah, but they're calling it a ball, but it's the Met Gala. But I don't know. Maybe oh, they Met had Gala. To Sorry. It to not be sued or something. I don't know. So... Yeah, they open up with basically everybody having sex except for Naya. Yeah. And I thought this was interesting, too. We have Charlotte tits out. Miranda (laughs) tits out. And then later, Miranda is fully nude. She is out there. She's putting it out there. And later, she has to put on a strap on. I mean, I guess she's the new Samantha. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She has to do the... Yeah, she does. The uh, heavy lifting. So, it was like, oh. Yeah. And then... Carrie's scene, I knew that they were doomed when, you know, basically Carrie is in bed with Franklin and they're doing the missionary position and she has her sweatshirt on. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, I just think that they he was super cute, but they really had no chemistry. Yeah, he was very dull. I mean, and I don't understand why. I mean, I understand like I understand why they cast him, but. God, you couldn't have found someone that was a little bit older that was cute? Well, maybe they wanted it that way of like, you know, he's just sort of this safe. Yes. Transition figure. I guess so. But But, yeah. But yeah, it didn't think it was going to last because there was just they were just sitting there and she's like, why do you like cooking shows? I'm like, this is the most boring conversation I've ever been a part of in my life. This is a TV show. No passion. (laughs) Like, really? No passion at all. So, yeah, so Seema is going to go with Carrie to the Met Ball. Yes. And uh, Charlotte is going to go with Anthony. And then LTW is going to go with her husband. Um, And those were the only people going, right? Those three couples. Yeah. Naya is, you know, I guess her and her husband are kind of on a break. Or he's on a tour of... He's gone. I don't think they were officially on a break but i think they were on a break from trying to conceive a child mm-hmm. i think that was the break they were on okay so and but, then but he's out on tour or something and yeah i don't know it's i mean her 
Yeah. I don't know what they're going to. She needs to get away from that guy. Yeah. That guy's awful. Yeah. Um, She needs to just. But I feel like this. So this whole thing, I feel like. I feel like they're trying to hurry this along to get her single. Yeah. You know, and 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 that's one where when we saw her in the beginning where where you saw her and she like clicked on the TV and she was alone, I thought they had jumped to, oh, she's oh, okay, so she got divorced or she's single now. And I thought, why can't we just jump right to her being single? Mm-hmm. Like why can't we just jump to is that the end of the world? Like would the audience be mad if if we just all learn that things didn't work or in episode one, Mm -hmm. like they broke up. Like, why do we have to, I mean, by episode two, they are, but it just seems so silly that, but again, we're back to this, my issue, which is Karen Pittman, the actress, she's a very, very good actress, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're kind of just wasting her in these scenes. Just, yeah, she better get, she, she, they better do something with her soon because yeah, she, and yeah, and then she she passes up a chance to to be with that totally hot guy that yeah. in the bar for her stupid because of her. I well, hate that husband. I, because I, but I think that she probably is like I gotta you know because she doesn't want to cheat on him, and then she's but she's pissed, and then he's there in the hotel with Heidi in the hat, and mm-hmm. she's drunk, and and all of it. It's it's. I don't know. I think this was one where we could have wrapped. I mean, again, again, too many characters, too much going on. Yeah. Can I just say one thing about this Carrie's podcast where they show this, the show Carrie doing her podcast Mm -hmm. and they're, and they, um, I guess they talked about this on the writer's room podcast where people were like, you know, there's no such thing as call in shows anymore. (laughs) You can't call into a podcast. Yeah. So they decided to do voicemails because people do voicemails now Mm -hmm. with podcasts. Okay. So they do this voicemail show. And so they said, okay, we wanted to show her answering voicemails. So Carrie's doing her sex in the city show. And this is how she gives her advice. She's like, well, I'm no expert, but (laughs) da, 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 da. I'm thinking of myself. Why do you have a show? Why the fuck do you have a show? Carrie Bradshaw. Like what? I was pissed. I'm like, this whole the, her whole podcasting thing and this whole the second episode of what happens in the podcast oh, unreal i was just like you've got to be kidding me i'm no expert but i think this this i know it was just a vehicle for him to get for their his her relationship with the podcast podcast producer to move forward because she gives this person this this you know how do you know it's just a relationship or it's just sex and she gives this advice and then that sparks the podcast producer to ask her out for a non Thursday date. And well, and also the question, it's, it's a softball question and it's not a sex question either. This is supposed to be sex in the city. Uh-huh. I don't, I don't know. It's like, it's a, yeah, it was just, that was really dumb. Well, but, but why do you, again, this is a show that is written. I'm no expert, but, and then it's like, well, then why? Well then get off the get, then get off the air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. gosh! I just I hate people that are just handed things, and it's like, well, I'm no expert, but I'm going to make a bunch of money doing this stupid show. Yeah. Anyway, so anyway, um, okay. So I thought we were doing. Hold on, I thought we were doing character by character, but yeah. you're going in order. Well, I don't know how to do this. Okay, then just keep going in order. That's fine. Keep going. I'm just, keep I'm just going. going through. Okay, go in order. My notes here. Okay, because it's too hard. Otherwise, you get off on too many tangents. Um. Okay, so 
Miranda, so Miranda's in LA mm-hmm. and um, she's doing this sensory deprivation tank thing. Oh. And Michael Patrick King had told us on the his podcast that he had done this. Yes. And so that's why he wrote it. Oh, in. have you ever done that? No, I have. I'm claustrophobic. I couldn't it's do that. Not, well, I don't think I've ever done the sensory. I've done the thing where you lay in the pool and the pod. The whole thing doesn't completely close, but half of it's closed and oh. then half of it's open. I will tell you that I've done it. It is kind of super boring. Like after you float there for a while. I mean, yeah. it's nice. You float there for a while and then you're like, okay, I'm floating. I'm floating. And then um, what ha- this? it's like anything else where... These places, they're just kind of, this is all it is. So you go, you rush to get there, you park, you do this, then you're all wet. And so when you're, when it's over, they, you know, you take a shower and then you, you kind of then just leave. And then now you're back in the world again. It's right. kind of like, it didn't really do anything. For it doesn't. You. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't help you in any way, shape or form. It just kind of just, you just get kind of wet and bored. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't recommend them. Uh, it didn't look fun to me. Yeah. So, yeah, so, well, why don't we just talk about, I don't, I really, this is so much stuff here. I don't know how to talk about this. Well, here, Should we just I'm, talk I'm about it go, character by character? Yes, that's what I was saying. Okay, so let's go back to, okay. let's talk about the Carrie. Okay. Carrie stuff. Carrie. So Carrie and the podcast podcast producer. Okay, so yeah, th- that's going nowhere. And the, the big, their big story in these first few episodes is that, and we predicted this. Yes, I was like, yes. We predicted this last week. <laughs> episode two, Carrie is forced with the difficult task of having to do a commercial for a vaginal wellness product. Yes. And yes. Carrie, who's supposed to be the sex expert and supposed to be so open and whatever. Oh, yes. Cannot even bring herself to, you know, talk about vaginal wellness. Oh, yeah. They don't say vaginal dryness. <laughs> they say vaginal wellness. And she is just incensed. Yeah. She says, I can't do this. I can't talk about it. And uh, Franklin's like, well, okay. And then he tells the next higher up, mm-hmm. Chloe, you know, well, Carrie just can't do this ad. And Chloe's like, she needs to do it or else this whole <laughs> this whole podcast is going to get shut down, which yeah. it, it doesn't. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Carrie single-handedly shut down that entire... All of his people got fired and lost their jobs <laughs> because Carrie wouldn't read You're that t- ad. Yes, all because <laughs> Carrie, just being goddamn Carrie, wouldn't read a stupid ad. Now, I would just like to say to anyone who's listening, if you're a sponsor... We will read ads. I'll I will talk about vaginal dryness. I will read about vaginal. If you're a sponsor <laughs> and want to pay us, we will read about vaginal dryness constantly. I'm fine doing that. Yeah, I have I, no shame. Any, any, so, ish, any, any, any products, doesn't any matter. product, sex toys. I don't care. So, yeah, I mean, that whole thing <laughs> it was so funny. It was so stupid and so ridiculous. And so. I don't I don't quite understand why this becomes the thing. And I think they had to create something where they had to take their relationship from the podcast to home or something. Right. Yeah, they they're had to, working, working away, working away. <laughs> doing, I love it. And he's like, copy. well, I downloaded Final Draft, which is a screenwriting, which is known to I understand is like a screenwriting I thing. This is like a one minute yeah, commercial. Like, do you have word? <laughs> <laughs> You could 
write it in your phone. Exactly. <laughs> on your notes. Yes. Your you know? notes app. So, and, and the, they're just going through all of this and they don't even have any interesting banter or no, there's no jokes. No, no, none of it's interesting. Vagina jokes. Nothing. None of it's funny. None of it's yeah. interesting. None of it's any of it. And, and so that's the other part of it is like, so without Kim Cattrall, like, is there, Nothing. No I mean, one can do sex, apparently. Yeah, no one Nobody. can even talk about these things or think any, like, they cannot make any, like, that whole wet-ass pussy joke, you know, none of that was even funny. Or, like, yeah. Me- Carrie the, Carrie the whatever she called herself, like, because he was referencing Megan the Stallion. Like, it, it, none of that was funny. None of that was interesting. But I guess they had to find this reason. <laughs> I just can't believe that that caused them to go out of business. But did, well, I thought that was a joke, though. I thought they were trying to make that character kind of cr- like they, they have this woman in this this character who Chloe. I guess Chloe, who is very one note. She's just angry all the time. And um, she comes in. But was she really blaming Carrie for that? I think she was just kind of like. I think she was just sort of saying like this network's falling apart and well, no, because remember she said you that the well she made reference to the fact that the podcasting world was it's, it's not, not like twenty twenty one we've got to do these ads it was a it was a um, uh, non negotiable mm-hmm. the, the higher ups I guess this was a big ad yeah, okay. they're paying big bucks dryness is a big deal yes, in the ad it world is. I mean a lot of middle aged ladies love yes. podcasts. <laughs> I guess so. I think there's some there's grain a of lot, truth in here. A lot of Karens out there need exactly. their suppositories or whatever so, that thing was. Yeah, she was making it sound yeah. like this was a huge deal. And if Carrie didn't do it, the advertiser is going to pull out. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, that's what happened. And they went out of business. Yeah. Everyone, everyone lost their job. Yeah. Well, and this is one of the things that I think is interesting because the way, which I never really saw the way other people did, is a lot of people really hate the character of Carrie. Mm-hmm. They think she's a real asshole. Oh, she's, yeah. And, and she, ca- she kind of is. She is. And this is another asshole <laughs> Carrie move. And of course, what you what you, you got to love about her is you, she's got all this money. Like, she doesn't right. need this job. Right. She's like, well, I guess I'm free now on Thursdays. Yes, like, and just like that, I freed up my week. It's like, well, it's like, now bitch, you got knowledge that people are out of work. <laughs> Because of you know, poor Franklin's got to go find a new job. Right. Easy for you to say. Yeah, it's like, you've got uh, millions you got of dollars, big, big money. Yeah. So, but you you don't need this money. But you, um, but everyone else is now out of a job. But that's she's done with that. So I think they you know they needed to wrap the Franklin stuff up. Yeah. But, okay. So that's so kind, that's, that's kind of all that happened with her. Yeah. And the other part, she was just like a tag along with them. Oh well, no, the whole dress thing. Oh, that's right. So the Met Ball. So I guess they wanted to get her, which I do. I do love. I think I do appreciate when they try to integrate the fashions and were able to see new fashions and then fashions from the old. And they needed to integrate. They wanted to integrate her wedding dress, the first wedding dress. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I guess. Of course, she had to have this disastrous dress situation that forced her to, um, you know, go back and wear the wedding dress from the first marriage to big. And it worked. I and thought. it worked. Yeah. The cape that uh, the woman smoke. smoke made was the same color as that yeah. bird thing she had in her hair 
for the wedding. So she put that yeah. on, put the dress on with cape. I thought it looked great. Yeah. And this the moment the the thing that LTW wore for the Met, yeah. I loved that. That the Valentino, the yeah. face thing and they had a shot where oh, he's holding her gorgeous. train. I mean, that shot was gorgeous. I mean, was that was just unreal. And yeah. so you see these moments that are just, I mean, the fashions and all that gorgeous. Yeah. And, um, oh, and then, well, we can talk about yeah. like, the Charlotte when we get there. Her S- thing was weird. Um, so you want to talk about Miranda and the Che? Yeah, I okay. guess they pretty much go together. So Miranda is in L.A. And what I love about the opening sequence is everyone's like, it's nighttime and all that. But of course, Miranda's in L.A. So, of course, what I love is Che, yes, is a well-known comic, but they've rented Che a yeah, beautiful uh, like home. Like a villa. A villa. Yeah, I would just like to say. And With Hollywood, a private pool. They would, and... they, they would put her up in an apartment. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. I should say they they would put them up in an apartment. The studio would put someone like Che up in yeah. an apartment somewhere. That is so unreal that Che would get that beautiful home. Yeah, no, I, I didn't understand that at all. So, but I just love, it's like, now we have to show LA. So, pool. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, they're, they're having, having sex in the pool. They're having sex in the pool. They're, you know, they're just loving it. But it's not all... It's not all it's, glamorous. Yes, yes. So, um... Miranda, of course, the big issue is that Miranda has to find things to do. Yeah, she has nothing to do. She has nothing to do because Che's really, really busy with their with their um, uh, with their show, and um, so she has the sensory <laughs> deprivation tank. Yeah, that's one day experience. And then, um, then the other one was the uh, going to AA. That was odd. That was really odd. And did you hear what Patrick Michael King was saying on the podcast? He was like, so, you know, we picked up where we left off in the first season and we had Miranda go to AA. And I'm like, that was the most random thing. I was like, no, you all introduced her as an alcoholic, dropped it midway through. And so. And she just she just poured out all her booze and went on with. Yeah. Didn't hear a peep about it or that it was an issue or a problem. Yeah. Now she has to go to AA. So I almost got I the sense understand. of like, is she so, at first I thought, is bored. she so bored yeah. that she decided to go to an AA meeting? And I thought she was about to tell someone like, I'm not really that big of an alcohol. I'm not an alcoholic. Yeah. I'm just here. Well, and also too, well, they made, a th- <clears throat> I mean, it, I don't know if they made reference to this or I just drew this connection, but obviously if you're in a new place, you mm-hmm. don't know anyone. The only person you know is working all day. That's, that's a lot of time on your hands and being bored, and that w- probably would lead lead to drinking. Yes. if you're a person who likes to drink. Yes, and I, so I could see that, but they never really yeah. explained that. You know, I, see, I thought I think something like that would be really interesting. Like, let's show Miranda starting to drink right. and maybe realizing that she needs to drink, and then maybe going to an AA meeting or realizing or, that she needs to find something else to do so yeah. she doesn't just sit around and drink all yes. day. Yeah, that's a little more interesting realistic. or realistic yeah. than her just, oh, now she's part of AA? Okay. Yeah. And then, so in the, well, in the meantime, Che is get, get this fitting for, oh, yeah. so- <laughs> for her, uh, for their um, wardrobe yes. for, for the pilot. And, they're making reference to the fact that she has a muffin top. Mm-hmm. They want her to wear 
want them, sorry, to wear a jacket mm-hmm. that's very ugly. Oh, yeah. But and also the whole thing is right. It's it's sort of this typical thing that happens and, it, and, and it's shown in shows a lot, but it's also because it happens in real life, which is. Um, you know, they're taking Che's real story and they're water, they're starting to make changes and they're watering it down mm-hmm. and they're putting them in a kind of wacky comedy, you know, let's put them in a, you know, funny, uh, jacket with, yeah. you know, funny, you know, lapels and they're, they're already, um, starting to, Che's already starting to get a little nervous here mm-hmm. about where is this going, but, what drives me crazy is that, and I, and I know for a lot of people, like, Che was very polarizing. People really did not like Che at all. And I think a lot, you know, a big reason why was people blame Che for the breakup of Steve and Miranda, mm-hmm. which is, you know, so silly because right. Che didn't do it. But but my issue with Che was Che wasn't a very good comedian. I didn't think Che was funny. And so the one clip they show of Che's comedy is this. Nobody walks in LA. Hey, it's like, (laughs) hello, this has been the oldest LA joke known to man is nobody walks in LA. So I I had to take an Uber from my bathroom to my kitchen. (laughs) Well, see that what you're doing right there, that sort of, she's a caricature. I can never say this word. Caricature. Caricature. Of this, hey, show busy, like yeah. a, like a radio. Hey, it's sixty eight degrees. Happy Tuesday, you know, like that is how she perform, how they perform. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I didn't like about Che. Mm-hmm. Just this cheesiness. It's like you know the con- the comedy yeah. concert, all the jokes that but, but, that they told yeah. were cheesy. I mean, bad jokes, bad jokes, cheesy. Her whole persona is is was cheesy, and people were offended by that. And I think the writers heard people loud and clear on Mm -hmm. it and i can see i can see that che is moving away from that because you can see that some feelings are starting to come up trying to show vulnerability yeah the vulnerability because yes she's making a they they are making a pilot about their life Mm -hmm. and maybe this stuff about the weight triggered something Mm -hmm. about their childhood um, you know, and then the thing with Tony Danza, and now we, we have to, the can't be the Mexican father, it's got to be a Italian, Italian. father. So, you think, I, Che, I can see Che changing. Yeah. Well, and so, and I think the things, it's funny because Che, who was the character that everybody, right, was so no one liked it's mm-hmm. this storyline i think is really interesting because right the vulnerability of i think what we thought would happen and i think some of the things that are happening we all sort of saw would happen which is Miranda's not gonna have enough to do mm-hmm. she's gonna get bored this isn't really good you don't really know each other as well and so Miranda's starting to learn that like oh you were married and oh y- you know i don't know you as well as mm-hmm. i do and oh this is all new but I think that it's realizing that I think that the Che that it was in New York was full of themselves mm-hmm. and really felt themselves and was like, I'm here and look at me and I'm wonderful. And now they're in L.A. and they're not at the top of their game. Mm-hmm. They're not the biggest whatever. And people and are telling them the, what to do, yeah. what to wear. And, and it's know, changing the story. And it's a lot. And it's yeah. and it's 
they're not um, they're not as confident as they once were. Right. And so that's a lot to take in for sure. And so we're seeing these dynamics. But what I don't quite understand is, which makes no sense at all, which is like Miranda and the clean up, cleaning that up and losing her phone. So obviously all of this was a vehicle to get to meet Lyle. Che's husband. Yeah, to meet yeah. Che's husband. But Che, just send an Uber. There are Ubers out there. Yeah. Like, why? When, you knew, you knew, you this know, was, Miranda doesn't know about yeah. this person. And you know who Miranda is. Yeah. And you know, this would upset Miranda. Yeah. You know this. So, you know, when you got home from this dinner, but, but Che's acting like it's nothing. Yeah. So there's these other things like, huh? Like what? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I love seeing Tony Danza. Oh, He's, yeah. You know, breath of fresh air. Oh, Tony Danza. <laughs> come on. But and he I mean, it's funny, too, because everyone said this. And I don't know if the writers listen to this or not. But like everyone said, like, well, Tony Danza can't play her Mexican father. Mm. <laughs> Like, he's Italian, and of course, this is his big issue. It's like, I can't play your Mexican father. I can't be canceled. What do yeah. they call them? The Danza Lions? Danza Lions. Oh, yes. <laughs> is that a real thing? I, I don't know. Look that up. But, but yeah, the Danza Lions So were, pe- were people really complaining about... Well, or is- it was a comment. Like, a lot of people talked about how she made this comment, right? So there's talks of Tony yeah. Danza playing my, you know, dad, and people were like, well, he's Italian, you know? Mm. Like, so... Um, this was talked about and I think, but I think it is, I think these things are important and, but this is how these shows go. This happens all the time. Yeah. These shows get watered down and people's, you know, realities get squished and changed and, and all of these things. I mean, this is how these things roll yeah. for sure. Well, yeah, this is going to be very interesting with Che's husband. Uh, I want, can't wait yeah, to hear this like story. This is all about. And yeah. I hope this doesn't become a thing of like, oh, he's introduced and then he just goes away and now oh, he's gone. Oh, I don't gone. think so. I mean, it's, it's Oliver Hudson. Yeah. He's a big name. He's not just going to come on for oh, I hate one to be, episode. But Oliver Hudson, I mean, besides doing that podcast with his sister, like he, Oliver he Hudson's, was on a TV show. I can't remember what it was. Oliver Hudson's not. Well, he's very good looking. He is very good looking. But, so but, I'd like and, to just look he, at him. I, I'm, I just like to say that he is the least famous of his family. And true, he, but and it, he is not. He Yes, he's on TV shows and he's doing things, but he is he he will take any part that he he is going to get in this show. So I'm just saying, well, I disagree a little bit, but I think that the, he I don't think they'd bring him on. They just get some random, really hot guy. You know what if I mean? It was, if well, it was I, a one-off, just... One- well, I think... I mean, I definitely think we're going to see him again. But I'm worried this is going to be like a one-episode thing. And then we're just like Miranda's drinking. And mm-hmm. then it's just going to go away. I'm like, we need... You know, you've introduced this character. Like, yeah, no, what's, I think what's the purpose of this? Well, I think it's going to... Well, because Che is non-binary and queer. So what does that mean to them? What mm-hmm. are the boundaries or whatever of their sexuality? Maybe she's they are still attracted to this person mm. the, the husband why haven't they gotten a divorce mm-hmm. um yeah i don't I mean that you could take that into a lot of you know yeah. places yeah so we'll hmm. see but all right is that it for them yeah That's- yeah the um i mean but miranda needs to get back to new york yeah because and- we with samantha being gone we need the three of them need to be 
together. You know, we need more of that for sure. Yeah. So um, let's see who else is there. We've talked, we've talked about Naya and her whole thing with that. Right. We can be done. I I have no idea where Naya is going. Um, Um, Let's talk about, we want to talk about Seema. Okay. So Seema, we didn't see enough of Seema. I really like Seema. But Seema's whole thing was that she's still dating Zed mm-hmm. from last season, who was super cute, that I had very high hopes for. Yeah, really and he might like, be kind of a scammer. Yeah, I had really high hopes for him. I thought this they were, like, going places. And then in the first episode, of course, you know, he wants her to meet his son, which is, of course, a good sign. Mm-hmm. And um, but his ex is going to be there, too. And of course, the one day they can meet is the the day of the Met, Met Gala. Mm-hmm. And um, but she learns that Zed is still living with his ex-wife. Um, so she's like, forget this. I'm going to the Met. And um, but he's he says to her, no, that's not true. But she lives on two floors. I live on one floor. Um, and she leaves and then she meets with her, I guess she gets a blowout every day and she meets with that guy <laughs> every day and her, wow. her, or every other day or something. And her hairdresser tells her, you know, Hey, you tend to have a lot of, you have a lot of, li- you know, you're one of the reasons maybe why you're still single is you have a laundry list of things. And if someone doesn't check every box, then you write them off, which I think is I think is a very interesting idea and a very interesting storyline because this feels closest to the old show, right? Because she is the one character that is never been married, yeah. no kids, who is closest to that place. And she reminds me of Samantha. Like in this episode, these episodes, a lot of her lines were very Samantha-esque. Mm. You know, like she storms out of the, the uh, salon saying, I pay you to blow me, not to... I forget the whole line not to you know bring me down or something mm-hmm. like that and she so she reminds i think she's sort of they're grooming her to be the new samantha character yeah yeah and so that's the whole thing right when 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 they knew that kim cattrall wasn't going to return why couldn't they have just Seema? Mm-hmm. why couldn't Seema be introduced into the show, have her be Carrie's new friend, and then get her to integrate with all the other women and be the fourth. Like, then people would be like, but then you're just replacing her with. I mean, obviously, people would have criticisms of well, that. Yeah, they have to do it gently. Yeah, but you have to do do that part gently. But it, it, at the same time, that would have been a little more interesting than. Now we've got. It's just, there's so many characters because we're not seeing enough of Seema. Like, then. Because I would like to see another scene of her talking about all the relationships she's been in or mm-hmm. this guy or that guy. Like, I'd like to sit down with, like, the hairdresser and an old friend saying you dumped him for this and him for that. And da, da, da. Like, let's hear about this. Like, we don't know well, enough about enough, we, yeah, there's not enough time because we don't know what's going on. But then she decides, OK, she makes up with the hairdresser and she she decides to take Zed back. And then, of course, very quickly, because we don't have a lot of time, Zed's like, well, I have an investment for you. Yeah, um, I need $200,000 yeah. or something. And so now she's like, I'm out again. And yeah. that's that. Well, I don't blame her. I mean, Zed, he does seem kind of smarmy. But uh, yeah, I think she's she is going to be dating around. Yes. But I, and I think that's fun. I think it's fun to watch her date around, but 
I want to see sort of, I want to see this. I mean, I think that was what was interesting about the original show was watching these women and their characters date and how they Mm -hmm. navigate that. Well, you know, and she is like the only character besides Herbert's mother that, that has parents that we've seen. Mm-hmm. You know, we saw her parents in the Diwali mm-hmm. episode, and then I think we've met her brother or oh, cousin. Oh. Or her cousin was the one who did Carrie's yeah. hip surgery. So, I mean, that's something that's always been missing from Sex in the City. We, yeah. we've never, we have never seen a parent. Yeah, because they didn't want that. They didn't want them to have, yeah. it was supposed to be stuck in this time. Right. They weren't supposed to have parents. There wasn't supposed to be a lot of family. Yeah. I would like to see the... Not every, they don't have to do it for every character, but I don't even know, are, does Carrie have parents? Are they still alive? Like, I know nothing. I know, I remember when Miranda's mom died. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see Charlotte's parents. Like, wh- who did she come from? You know, and I think it'd be interesting. And I and I like the character of Herbert's mother. Uh-huh. I think she's interesting. Uh-huh. You know, just add some dynamics to it. And the thing with the Indian thing and not her not being married, that's yeah. huge. Yeah. Huge. Well, let's talk about Charlotte, and then we can talk about LTW okay. since they go together. So, the sh- I thought the Charlotte storylines were hands down the most boring. Mm-hmm. And if Charlotte's arc this season, which I think is a good one, mm-hmm. which is, and it happens for a lot of women, which is I've devoted the last, you know, because Charlotte famously in the sh- series gave up her job to mm-hmm. be a wife. To she was wanting to be a mother, that didn't happen, and then took her a while but she you know she gave up her work to be a mom a stay-at-home mom to be this uber mom to to do all of this and here she is and she's like what do i do now Mm -hmm. and she obviously financially doesn't need to work but she needs to find purpose Mm -hmm. and so i understand that they kind of need to you know, ease us all into this that she can't just wake up one day and decide oh i need to find purpose but these storylines of how she's finding purpose and even her stuff last year, I thought was ridiculous. Like, I just, I don't know why they give her these storylines. They just, her stuff always is so silly and Charlotte's not dumb. Mm -hmm. Like Charlotte's not a dumb person. Yeah. You know, at all. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, the most interesting thing is, yeah, that her kids are, finding themselves breaking away from the the Charlotte mold. Mm-hmm. And I loved Lily's song. Oh, about God. The, privi- power the power of privilege. I love that the song. The power of privilege. <laughs> that is so um, great. But what I don't understand is that that song is not subtle at all. No. So clear. So why can't Charlotte from that song realize, oh, this is what's really going on here. Yeah. Why does it take her having to be like this uber bitch to this girl at this real deal place and Carrie saying something to her to get her to finally realize like, this is what's really going on. Like, I'm sorry, the power of privilege was pretty clear. It's pretty intense. And, you know, remember, I mean, Lily was adopted. Mm -hmm. She's not white. You know, she, she was kind of been living this, you know, model minority lifestyle, but Mm -hmm. she, but she's in this white family and this, you know, what, what, I mean, Lily, I'm sure has full of issues. Yeah. You know, and I, I don't know. Charlotte has to come to terms with the, you know, that these daughters that she has are not, you know, what she 
necessarily envisioned or mm-hmm. um, how it's been all. It's, it's actually a huge thing that's happening. Yeah. And they really could make a very interesting yeah. um, story arc over that. And so I would I hope they address that more. And I do think she needs to get back more to herself and let her kids do her own do their own thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the again, she's sort of stuck in that Charlotte mode. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I think I thought that the series did with Charlotte. I always loved how they handled the Charlotte storyline because they did such a great job with this beautiful woman who was so like so clear i want to get married i want to have a family and she was so like there are rules to this and this is how Mm -hmm. it's going to be and she was so focused on marriage 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 and the way everything looked and how it was going to be and so she ends up marrying this like beautiful man from this wealthy family and he's impotent (laughs) right and and it's all about what looks on the outside not what's happening on the inside Mm -hmm. and it's a terrible you know and he's impotent and then finally things get better but it's a you know it's one bad thing after another and And so here she is, you know, and she gets divorced and it's terrible. And then she meets some this guy who is not at all Mm -hmm. what she ever envisioned, but really deep down inside, he's amazing and wonderful. And then she learns this big lesson around. Right. And Mm -hmm. so it's all this growth for her. And and so I always felt like but there was she had so much growth with that. Right. And become she became Jewish. And and it was like she she learned how to, like, let go of the you know, how things look and how things are and, you know, having her child. And obviously she was always going to be this Park Avenue princess, but it just seemed, you know, they just weren't ever going to let her get any deeper than that. Like mm-hmm. throughout this, yeah. this series, throughout the movies, it's like, let's just keep Charlotte, just Park Avenue princess. And, and you do, you have this opportunity now to like, let's make her a little bit deeper. Yeah. Yeah. The deepest she ever got was when after Rose, well now rock was born, she kind of had a meltdown, mm-hmm. of, you know, and, uh, and that's when Miranda told her, you know, it's okay, and yeah. <laughs> tried to console her. And, yeah. tell, and that was kind of it. Like, that's the most vulnerable we've ever seen her. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I think this could be, this could be a really interesting, but instead it's just this obsession with this Chanel thing. But this was, a, we spent a lot of time on the storyline. Yeah. I felt like a tremendous amount on the storyline, which... But and then for the Met Gala, she was supposed to be. I thought her outfit was real weird. It was real. Weird. I did not like. She it. She was wearing a top hat, and she looked like Mary Poppins or something. Well, it was kind of the steampunk look, which did not. I mean, in comparison to what LTW was wearing and what I mean, Carrie obviously was wearing. It was all veiled. They have to have veils. Mm-hmm. But I was like, what do you? Why are you wearing? gilded it was put gilded out so is it supposed to be like the gilded age it was veiled something i don't know what was the title i don't remember Let's it was see. veiled something they needed ve- they needed to get veiled in there because they mm, wanted to get the wedding dress carries, in there yeah i don't uh, know who cares yeah um but that whole thing was very odd yeah very very odd but the big joke was that anthony kept moving around everybody's <laughs> date yeah, poor anthony but he finally got in there in the end yeah so. Okay, so that's yes. so then so then there's the LTW, LTW stuff, which is much he- which was a bigger thing, but again they shoved it in there. Yeah, I liked how they. Uh, well, I just I don't know. I just really liked them. I thought 
I, you know, um, LTW, she's, you know, she is also a Park Avenue princess, but mm-hmm. she also cares very much about instilling, you know, certain values and things into her children. And, th- and that's why she, even though she doesn't need to go ask, get $25,000 from somebody, mm-hmm. and, you know, and Herbert says, can I just give you, the-? but her daughter's standing there and she's like, no, like I'm going to show you, I can mm-hmm. do this myself. I'm capable, whatever. And then, you know, Herbert seems to have very specific needs. <laughs> and oh, that, this you know, guy. He expects I mean, her to cater. He has a yeah. lot of sexual needs. Okay? Yes, he has a lot of needs. And he also, that's the other thing. I also like, why does she have to do everything? Right. I mean, and, and it's she, very interesting. And she, she and does, Charlotte seem to have to do everything right. for these men. But she at least kind of shades him. She makes these little comments mm-hmm. about how um you know she has reminding him all these things that Mm -hmm. she she does for him so she i feel like she's got a lot of she's gonna have a a blow up at some point i feel like she's suppressing a lot of the demands that her husband is placing on her and that whole thing about how oh let you know let me do this to help relax you and it's like this isn't for and she even says it afterwards Uh she's like oh that wasn't for me that was for you yeah it's like what would be most relaxing is if you got the kids ready, <laughs> right, or you so I shut up, getting ready. yeah, or exactly. you maybe got out of my goddamn way, yeah, or asked me what you could actually do for me. Yeah, she's trying to deal with this emergency on the computer, and she's trying to get ready for this mm-hmm. thing, and all he wants to do is like all he can think about is like having sex. Yeah. So, but yeah, I I love the mother-in-law, and I love that whole. Um, thing when she, you know how what she said to herbert after the cab incident mm-hmm. and everything and you know which is a very real thing and um well that's why i felt like okay well that's that moment was when i got flashbacks to last year because in the midst of this we had there seemed to be three storylines happening here we've got Charlotte with the Chanel dress. Mm-hmm. We've got Carrie, Carrie in the vagina ad. <laughs> and then we've got Herbert and he can't get a cab. So we have two things here that are real light and funny. Mm-hmm. And then we have this very serious thing, which is a very real and true thing, which has been something that's been talked about. Not recently. This black men not being able to get cabs has been an issue for forever. Ever. Yeah. This has been talked about for as long as I've been alive and beyond that. So... This and, you know, what we saw and what what happened is a very real and true thing. And the conversation that they had afterwards is a very real and truth conversation. And we're having this very, you know, serious thing. And in the midst of Chanel and vaginas, right? you know, and, and it's like, so I, I just want to, and they didn't talk about this on the podcast, it's like, so was this intentional? Was this like, is this you wanting to like, let's be light and fun sex in the city and then be political in the middle of it? Or are you not kind of getting it? Or because of the three storylines, that was the one least talked about. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm like, well, because a heavy topic. And, yeah. And, you know, and then the, the mother-in-law, what's her name? Eunice or? Yes. I think her name's Eunice. I think. She understands that, you know, <laughs> Coming from, you know, her age and her background, she understands, like, this is a life and death thing. Like, you can't act out 
mm-hmm. as a black person, especially a black man, you cannot act out in public. It's, it could be life or death for you. Mm-hmm. And they have two sons, mm-hmm. you know, in addition to the daughter. And she's trying to tell him, like, look. Even though you're on Park Avenue. <laughs> Even though you're on Park Avenue and you're a banker, you know, and you're wealthy and, you're, you know, you're in a suit. You know, look, you still can't get a cab. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a very heavy thing. And then... And then when she made that comment to um, LTW about because LTW had a headscarf on, Mm -hmm. I didn't understand. I didn't understand this until it was explained. I think it was explained on um, the the podcast. Um, She made that comment. She said, I thought the Emancipation Proclamation freed us from headscarves. Mm -hmm. That went over my head. I'm like, huh? And then it was either that podcast or the one I was telling you about the Vulture podcast where one of the writers explained what that meant is that um, they used like down in the start in Louisiana where there's a lot of um, mixed race people and it was hard to tell if uh, women were black or white sometimes mm-hmm. unless you could see their hair. Mm-hmm. And um, so they would make them wear headscarves that the black women or biracial women had to wear these headscarves to indicate that they were black. Mm-hmm. It was okay. mandated by the government. Oh God. Yeah. It was almost, it was like a gold star, you know, <laughs> if you were a Jew in Germany. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my God, that's awful. And I know I didn't understand that reference. And then, and then obviously at some point, yeah, it was out, that was outlawed. But then in the 60s and 70s, women started wearing them again as like mm-hmm. a political statement. Mm-hmm. Anyway, just, I, again, I think they should explain some of these <laughs> things better. But mm-hmm. I don't know. The show is just so frenetic. It's just yeah. so, it's like boom, 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 boom. We're talking yeah. about this. We're talking about that. We're talking about sex. We're talking about racism. We're talking about that. Yeah. You know, like, okay, hard to keep up. Yes. Yes. So, foof. So, I mean, obviously, right, it's, I think it's lighter and, and, um, better than last time. And I think obviously we're, you you know, I think the anticipation was so high last time. I think we're all, our, our levels are a little bit Mm -hmm. reset this time around. Um, so the feeling is different. Um, but, uh, so I'm obviously happy that it's back and I'm happy to be talking about it. And I'm so happy we have this goddamn podcast to talk about it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> For sure. Hopefully people find this interesting. Yeah. Um, Cause we, we find this utterly fa- fascinating. I know. It's amazing how we can analyze this. I mean, this is a, it's a television show. These yeah. aren't real people, but we can analyze this stuff for hours. Yes. And we have. I mean, we still <laughs> talk about episodes from, you know, yeah. 20 years ago. And, we, you know, the references, yeah. oh, you, something will happen. It's like, oh, that's just like when yeah. Charlotte did that thing on Sex and the City. And it's such a part of the cultural zeitgeist. Yes. Um, All right. Well, tell me amazing. about the other podcast that you listened to and the the rabbit hole that you went down. Oh, okay. So, because this I thought was very interesting about who the writers are and, who how, are the writers? and how all of this is structured. Yeah, because ultimately that is that's what gives us the show. Mm-hmm. And okay, so I was listening to a podcast. It's called Into It. It's a vulture podcast with Sam Sanders. And he interviewed one of the writers, Samantha Irby, and she wrote, she was on the first season and the second season, she wrote a couple, well, let me explain this. She explained how the writing process goes. Mm -hmm. 
And she's a black woman. She's a author and um well she wrote work she wrote on the show work in progress on showtime and also shrill mm-hmm. which was um the snl on hulu show why can i not think of her name the snl woman uh it will come to me both but, great shows but yeah but she's also an author like she has mm-hmm. published books and stuff so anyway she explained that what happens is that when the writers first all meet, Michael Patrick King has already mapped out the season and all the things that the different characters are going to go through and what's going to happen. And so then the writers all get together and they start brainstorming about, okay, well, how are we going to, how are we going to present this? You know, what order is it going to go in? How are we going to do this? And they go through a series of rounds of talking and making notes and then talking about those notes. And so then it goes through that process probably for several weeks. And then Michael Patrick King then assigns who's going to do the final edits or, you know, the final touches on each episode. So even though, you know, they had hired um, Samantha Irby and a couple other women of color um, to come in and write they really were just refining what he had already written mm-hmm. and what the group had come up with. And the group consists basically of Michael Patrick King and then Julie Rottenberg and Eliza Zritsky, who were all the original Sex in the City writers. And so those are two white women and a white man, mm-hmm. a white gay man. And so people have always talked about how they felt like Sex in the City just had a white... Uh, male, uh, white, um, gay male perspective or sensibility. Mm -hmm. And that a lot of the stuff that happened is like, oh, a woman would never write that or like that just doesn't really happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, so even though Samantha Irby is credited with writing these episodes, I feel like she was already just handed what, Mm -hmm. and then, okay, then you put in some final touches. And so, the, the vast majority of the um, episodes in both seasons were either written exclusively, the final writing yeah. was exclusively Michael Patrick King or Michael Patrick King with Julie and Elisa. Yeah. And you can still tell that. Yes, I mean, you can. can. You can tell that they, yeah, they've brought in some, um, and then this season they have another uh, new um writer susan fails hill who's very well known she wrote on the cosby show and a mm-hmm. different world she's an author um and there's a couple other new people coming in i don't know who they are i think there was a couple writers from that show two broke girls mm. so hmm. but but still again these are just kind of sprinkled yeah. in there the majority of it is already there so you can tell they're trying to do this but i mean and another thing that Samantha talked about was that ultimately this show is a business mm-hmm. it's, and HBO is a multi-billion dollar company. They want to make money. They don't want to put anything on the air that's going to like make their bottom line go down. Mm-hmm. They want if, if there's anything in the show that they think is not right or is going to cost viewers, they're just going to cut it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I mean, you know, again, this is still kind of a fantasy. Yes. <laughs> this whole show is still kind of a fantasy. Yeah. But yeah. It, 
appreciate the effort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> but that's the thing. The, r- listening to the... If people really love this show, you should listen to the Writers yeah. Room podcast. Because it is truly fascinating. Because especially... You know, if you really, really have the time, listen to last year's because Mm. they you would watch the show and you're like, oh, my God, what is this train wreck that I'm watching? And then you would listen to that podcast and you're like, oh, they really think they think they think this is good. They think this is genius. And when you hear them talking about it, you're like, oh, okay, I guess I see this now. Okay, yeah, I guess I. Okay. Oh, I. Oh, oh, okay. I get it. Oh, okay. And. But. Really, truly. (laughs) But you need, it's almost like you need their commentary half the time to understand what they're thinking. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and uh, a lot of the thinking is flawed. Yeah. You know, and another thing Samantha Irby said that it was that Michael Patrick King also created all the new characters by himself. Yes. He came in with the scaffolding of the season of here's the, here's all the plot lines. Mm hmm. And, and he came up last season with all the new characters. Oh. So he created Che Diaz. He oh. created, you know. And so, of course, he's going to be very, you know, protective. And yeah, yeah, he defends in, in the podcast. Yeah, of course. He defends all this stuff that the rest of the world is going, oh, my God, this is so cringy and yeah. cheesy. Well, and he will say that he loves how polarizing Che Diaz is, that people, he loves how Che Diaz is so, you know, people feel this way about Che Diaz mm-hmm. and that this is how, you know, this is, this is not boring and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, yeah, but you are, we're laughing. We're not laughing, you know, with you. <laughs> we're, we're laughing, laughing at yeah. you. We're laughing at you because you are making bad LA jokes. Yeah. That you, you have a list of writers that have, that are brilliant writers and you cannot come up. You have one joke that mm-hmm. you can have and you cannot come up with a better joke than I took an Uber from my bedroom to my bathroom. Yeah. You cannot come up with that. Or I don't know, don't do anything. Just don't show the set at all. Just say, that's all my time tonight. Good night. Yeah. If you can't come up with something like that at all. I mean, that that's the part. That's why. Or comedy concert. Mm-hmm. Or that everyone is standing for a comedy show. Or that, that Che Diaz is giving a TED Talk lecture for a comedy. Like, why can't you hire a really great comedian to write the jokes for Che Mm -hmm. to show us that Che is an excellent comedian. Why? Yeah. I don't know. But that's, I mean, I think this is a bit of the problem of my Michael Patrick King. And, and what you're talking about is, is that he has been at the helm of this for so long. And these two women, and I think they are in their little world. And I yeah. think that what they say goes, and I think, and he is so far up Sarah Jessica Parker's ass. Oh, he thinks that oh, she, she shits the moon yes. and the stars. And listen, I do think Sarah Jessica Parker is a very good actress. Mm-hmm. I've always think she is. I think she's gotten amazing. And that woman's jeans, like her body, how that woman has maintained this body all through these years. I mean, like my God, She's got an incredible figure. She can wear anything. Mm-hmm. Great fashion sense. And and I do think she's an excellent actress. But my God, he just thinks that she can do anything. So yeah. I, 
I think that what's hard is not, he does not criticize her. She does not criticize him. There is no checks and balances. And Samantha Irby just wants to keep this job. So she's not going to push back on him. Mm-hmm. And yes, I think at the bottom line, but I think HBO wants to keep Michael Patrick King and Sarah Jessica Parker happy. You know what I mean? Like, I think that they have a lot more power, you know, mm-hmm. than this is a franchise. They're, you know, just like the Sopranos. This is a real HBO built themselves on Sex and the City and all yeah. these other things. So they're going to make them happy. The, You know, so come on. Yeah, there's also a episode, like a bonus episode on that um, Writer's Room podcast where, um, you know, because it was just the 25th anniversary mm-hmm. of Sex and the City where Michael Patrick King um, talks with Sarah Jessica, um, Cynthia Nixon, and Kristen Davis, and it's which is interesting because then you get their perspectives mm-hmm. and you know see see what they have yeah, to think. Started, but again, it was a lot of just complimenting each yeah, other. Yeah, all those <laughs> things always are. They always are. I mean. I, I started listening to it, and I'm like, are you guys going to talk about Kim Cattrall at all? Oh, no. Are you guys going to bring this up or talk about her? No. I guess not. Okay. I don't think so. No. Okay. That never happened. Mm-hmm. All right. All well, right. Well, whew, we just went through a lot. So, a lot. yeah. We probably missed several yes, things. Yes, but, but we just love this show, and we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it through the summer. So, hopefully, hopefully the show's good. It's interesting, or at least if it's polarizing, we'll have something to talk about, something yeah. to debate. Well, we always love to talk about it. Yes. What's good, bad, whatever. All right. So thank you for sticking with us. If you like this podcast, please give us a five-star review and write us a few kind words. We are on social media at Psych Legal Pop on um, Instagram and TikTok. Uh, what else? Uh, subscribe. subscribe. We love downloads. Um, and uh, tell a friend, tell two friends, tell 10 friends. Please spread the word of Psych Legal Pop. You know, we are growing and growing and we just appreciate all of it. And what else? Um, we're here every Tuesday, Thursday. Tuesdays are Sister Wives coverage. Uh, um, this past Tuesday, we just talked about season four, episode one. So that's where we are. And uh, and then Thursdays, we're going to be covering. And just like that, I guess we need to weave in maybe because I do have some comments on the Kardashians and some of these other things. So we're going to figure out how to weave in since we're doing those two things, oh, yeah. and other things that we want to talk yeah. about. But we'll, we'll get there. We'll figure it out. So yeah, we're trying to make it, you know, light, fun summer. Yeah. Yes, it's going to be a fun, it's going to be a fun it's summer. Be a fun summer. We're taking a yeah. little break from, you know, the heaviness, abuse and cults, cults and, and, you know, I know people, molestation. I know people love that stuff, but and abuse. I just need a little break. Yeah, we just need it needs to be light, fun. Yes, summer. You know, as, what did Anthony say? I love balls. <laughs> All right. Well, Che Pasta, everybody. Che Pasta. Che Pasta. Peace out. Bye.